No, real shit, real shit. And though. this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. What grinding comfortably? Yeah, for real though, it's a real topic. All right, so y'all, I just had like a little flub because you know your boy over here on these um, medications. No, I'm just joking. But what's up? It's your boy Trey Thomas, the host of the Red Coat Culture Podcast. I got two of my homies in the building. We got Amanda. Amanda, introduce yourself. She over here on her phone, sitting here texting y'all. Ain't nobody texting them. She's trying to get chose. She's trying to get chose. That's what she do. She's trying to get chose. <laughs> My name is uh, Amanda. Um, if you can tell by the accent, I'm from Atlanta, but I live out here in Los Angeles. So she from the A, y'all. Uh, you know how they get down. You know what I'm talking about. They be so lit. <laughs> and my boy Vel, what's up, Vel? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? I'm glad. I'm just glad to be here. As y'all can see, how this man signed. Where he from? Where he from? Oh, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, East Coast. Yes, sir. East Coast all day. That boy, he claimed L.A. now, though, y'all. He didn't move out here to L.A. So yeah, yeah, I'm out here in L.A. Uh, Sharpening, uh, sharpening his iron. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get sharp. Look, look, look. <laughs> All right, so check this out. Right now, in our red cups, we're drinking. Um, I think Amanda on what the ginger ale and what? What is this shit? The Bullet Rye Frontier Whiskey. And it's delicious. It's, it's delicious. Smooth. I low key, you know, what I'm saying I'm something like a bartender, so I hooked up real quick. And you know, I'm keeping it all the way G. Y'all know how I do. I got this orange juice and this whiskey, and this, and this shit is hidden. So check this out. This week, you know what I'm saying, I was, I'm was i sorry, I was out for like two weeks. I had a lot of shit going on. You know your boy out here got a full-time job working at, you know, one of the liveest networks ever. I don't want to toot my own horn, but no, we got a couple movies that's coming out. So I've been a little swamped with work, but you know what I'm saying, I had to make sure I got back in here to send you guys some dope shit. So I invited my homies with me today because I think they can relate to this week's topic. This topic, we're going over a lot of things that I feel like a lot of us that move from like all these different places. Amanda got alarms and shit going on. That's why I told y'all she booked, y'all. She got to test. You got to you gotta take that? You got to send an email and reply or something? <laughs> no, but I think this week is something that all of us can relate to. Um, grinding comfortably. And I'm saying that in the sense of a lot of us are trying to live our dreams out here in L.A., a lot of us moved to New York, a lot of us moved to DC, you know, all these different places. And it's like we have to, I guess, set ourselves at a certain standard of life in order for us to try to meet, I guess, what we're trying to do in life. That makes sense. Y'all get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Is it, yeah. Did, uh, Amanda is something like a wordsmith, so I got to check her <laughs> Does that I good, Amanda? Like, I feel like that was great. And uh, I don't know which order this is going to come in, but I. It don't matter. Just talk. I have a, a story. Um, I was just in Houston. Uh, probably two months ago yeah and I had a young guy working for me and uh, he told me he wanted to move to LA and then he started giving me a laundry list of all the things he needed to do before he moved to LA like everybody does like everybody does yeah. But at some point you just make a decision and you say okay I'm gonna move to LA and I will tell you this there is no planning for LA <laughs> I don't care how much you plan you can't plan for LA when you uh, when look. you get here you will get what I call the LA welcome yeah, mm. what is that? I mean, Break there, it down, though. Now, let the, now let there, the is, know. there are antidotes. I don't think that's the right word, but you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are certain cases that 1%, I do not want to give you guys the fallacy of that one person out of 10 that moves out here already has connections and moves right exactly. up. Exactly. That doesn't happen. And I think a lot of times those people get the spotlight and and people think that's how it is. And then they end up beating themselves up and beating themselves down and quitting before they even get to their potential. Exactly. Because your ability, your ability to make it in LA <coughs> is all going to be about self-discovery. You're not out here to get, you know, to, 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 
you know, do anything. You're out here to become something. So wait, Amanda, when you moved out here, like, what was your story? Like, you moved out here, like, what, $1,000 in your pocket? Because you know, she rich, y'all. She trying to act like she, she got that money. She really, really, she got that money, y'all. Listen to me when I'm telling you. Now, but seriously, though, when you moved out here, like, what was your goal? Man, let me tell you this. And I'm going to show you. I can show you this in my phone right now. It's going to be in, in this she, book she's that I'm super, She's not lying. She's super organized. I'm looking at her phone right now. <laughs> I, uh, I came to a decision because I was working in reality TV in Atlanta. Right. And you I want to tell us some, some scoop? Well, I will tell you this. I will day. tell you this. It all happened so fast. I went from a PA to a director in a year. Mm, and boss. I wasn't ready. I don't think I was mature enough. And I think my ego got in a lot of my way. And sometimes when you when something happens so quickly, you develop imposter syndrome where you don't think you belong there. Yeah. And so you 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 click into survival mode versus uh, allowing to yourself to move with creativity. You become competitive. That's Trey right there. That ain't got nothing. <laughs> I know I got a couple of moments. No, I'm just playing. You be hunching at night. I do be hunching. Uh, <laughs> um, but what was I going with that, Trey? She said imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. She on that weed right now, too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, don't talk about my medication, though. It's medication. Medication, though. Um, but you end up with imposter syndrome, and, and I was gossiping a lot, and I was competing a lot. And, yeah. uh, and I tell you this. There's no such thing as competition, only creation. Straight up. So don't complete create. As long as you are expanding, you are in your own line, in your own lane, and you can allow God to flow through you freely. Yeah. The mm. problem is that when you try to compete with somebody else, you shorten your distance to greatness. Hmm. Because you can only become um, you can be only become just slightly better than the person you're chasing. But they're always going to be better than you because they're not looking at you. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> That's I just told y'all. So, I just told them, man, so, it was a wordsmith. Y'all better listen to me. So, many instant, I'm a, I'm a, so, so I ended up, I would tell you this. I was sitting on my bed and I had to be honest with myself. I got a bad deal and in hindsight it was necessary. I sat on my bed and I said, okay, I don't know what to do next. I'm going to move to Los Angeles. Yeah. I literally had, in Atlanta or Houston? I was in Atlanta. Okay. I had no money. Mm. I literally took this jar of coins I have been saving since I moved to Atlanta. Yeah. To the coin star. Mm-hmm. And I had down to the Walmart. I I had to to literally plan out my map here because I had just enough money to get here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I literally had it down to the mileage, how many gas tanks I was gonna take me to get here, how much money. So you I was drove out here. I you drove fly. out here from Atlanta. Oh yeah. And I did it by myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I drove across the country and I stayed in some backwood places. But when I got to Los Angeles, which is a whole another story. Shit. I ended up uh, moving in with a family member, and then, you know, I ended up becoming a legal guardian of a teenager. And then, I think I remember that. <laughs> I just thought about that. Yeah, then, I think I remember that. And then I ended up working at a rental house, and yeah. then I ended up, eventually ended up in technology and found uh, my voice. Uh, but no, I didn't have a plan, and um, I will speak to grinding comfortably in this place because I had a different mentality of what grinding is. Mm. And was than I have now, right. uh, because this is what I tell you: rich people don't hustle. They Hell nah. They what? <laughs> they walk. They walk. <laughs> Y'all heard that? Rich people. That's a shirt. Rich people don't hustle. They walk. I'm gonna have to go and put that in the IG bio. Straight up, though. Straight up. That's real. That's some real, real shit. Yeah. That's, That's real. I'm gonna say this though: like even when I moved out here, um, I went to DC for like two months something like that mm. 
I was like, you know what? Um, I had a frat bro who was really like, man, bro. I was kind of nervous, you know, because I never left Texas or Louisiana. So, you know, I'm like, shit. What am I? I knew I always wanted to come to L.A. Like, I knew that was a goal. But I remember my frat bro telling me this shit. He was like, bro, once you move once, every time after that, going to be easy. Yeah. So, I'm like, shit. All right. I thought I was going to save up some money. I sold my car. Like, I was teaching maybe for like a year and a half. Ironically, I was teaching. Yes, everybody. I was like, nigga, you was a teacher. Yeah, nigga, nigga, smart now. And I, said, I was, I was teaching the youth. I was preparing them for life, and um, I really didn't save up as much as I thought I was. So I got up, sold my car. Um, I want to say I, I left. I threw a birthday party. It was my twenty fifth birthday, actually, or twenty fourth, one of them. And I threw a birthday party. My birthday is August seventeenth. I want to say the twenty fifth. I'm not mistaken. I got up and I left. Um, Caught a plane to DC, stayed with my bro. Was in DC. I ain't fuck with that snow. I ain't rode in um, Howard too. So I was like, you know what? Let me just get my masters while I'm out here. But DC went for me. I literally maybe like within like two three months. I was like, man, fuck this. I had three hundred dollars in my pocket. Got on a flight, moved out here to LA. Stayed with my um, another frat bro for a little bit. But it was like we was in the studio. So, you know, he I ain't that man had his, you know, females coming through. So I ain't really wanna just be in that man like space like that. Um, so I just like hustled for a while. I was doing PA work, um, I was just doing my hosting thing, I was getting little gigs, then I started working for Def Jam, got on my feet a little bit, and I was straight. But it was like when I wasn't in my own shit, in my own space and all this, I was uncomfortable. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I'm a person, like, when I'm done at the end of the day from all, like, my hustling nigga and, like, just running around doing what I got to do, I want to be able to go to my bed and lay down. And so it was kind of like, I don't know, it was a toll on me. It was, I was losing my inspiration out here in L.A. and I was starting to say, fuck L.A. When L.A. was the place I always wanted to be, you know what I'm saying? So I ended up, um, you know, I got this little gig to do some shit for Revolt within maybe, like, two and a half years of me staying in L.A. And um, it worked out perfectly because it was like, all right, cool. I'm finna work for Vault. I'm finna be a host for them. I'm finna do this. Then these motherfuckers told me, oh, but you got to move to New York. I was like, what? So New York was one of the places I always wanted to visit. So I would visit. Let me take that back. I would always go visit New York. But I knew I didn't want to live there because I don't like the cold. And on top of it, New York is a little it's a little brown for me, meaning like the sky is always gray. It's always brick. <laughs> and I feel like I'm a person. I, I bounce off energies. <laughs> so like. LA just always had that vibrancy. Like, even when it's dim outside, like now, I still see the sun shining on me. So it makes me want to get up and do shit. And I'm, it, I've am i been like that since I was a child, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's raining outside, I don't want to do shit. I'm going to stay in the house. Some people don't mind it. They might still might want to go to work or some shit. I'm a person like, nah, I'm fucking, I'm calling off. I can't do this rain. So I'm just one of the people. So I, I knew New York would probably bring me into like a depression mode, which it did. Um, but I'm going to say this. I thank God for New York because New York got my hustle up like times 10. So I was like, I wasn't, when I got there, the whole revolt deal, you know what I'm saying, it fell off. And I was like, shit, what I'm going to do now? I was like, you know what? Let me make the best of this year and a half. I enrolled that. Um, I rolled in college. I got my master's. And I started just like hustling, like doing like media coordinating work and stuff like that and PR for like different like celebrities and little shit in Houston. I mean, not Houston, Lord Mercy. Um, New York. Ended up getting, I guess, getting in the same little run, somebody cool with and same little entertainment shit and um they put me into contact with Reverend Sharpton and I started working for him from there I got a good ass job working for Viacom and I was like oh this is perfect you know what 
now I can go back to LA because now I'm gonna be able to grind comfortably. I'm gonna be able to be in my own shit. I'm working in entertainment like I wanted to do, and I'm I feel like I'm doing everything from behind now. I'm not necessarily like in the front, like the forefront, like I was trying to be out here at first. Like I was like, man, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna host. I'm gonna go to audition after audition. I'm gonna do this shit. But that wasn't my path. I think New York. I was meant for me to go to New York and have that failure so I can win. So I can get back on my feet and figure out another way to attack this entertainment shit out here. And I'm going to just say this has been a blessing. It's been, you know, look, shit's been popping off. I mean, I think I took the same place, but I didn't yeah. actually leave here. I ended up getting a job. Right, right. And uh, and I'm grinding my way back. But again, you get an L.A. welcome and that will knock you off your feet. And make it you will. Question everything. Straight and up. Everything. Like, damn, am I supposed to do this? Am I, you know. Am I supposed I, I read, to be here? I, I read this quote that said that uh, uh, sometimes it's difficult you know, because you don't know if you're being tested or being told that this is it. Exactly. You, know, you don't know if and it's that, a test or, or if it's, you know, or, it's, mm, or just a sign to go in a different right. direction. That's, that's how I was feeling for the longest. That's why when I got that, I don't know. Well, you know what? Some other shit had popped off in L.A. So it kind of made me say, you know what? I think God was like pushing me to New York. He was like, you, you're not going to be there forever, Trey. You're going there. I want you to see something. I want you to get in part of something. Like, I, you need to be in that little area for what a minute. You, you call that, um, so... God will take you through seasons of isolation. Oh, yeah. So, so you can listen to him. It'll take the distractions away. Like, God sent me to, to Seattle for six weeks. Yeah. I didn't see a black person almost the entire time I was there. I bet your nerves was bad, bad. Listen, it was... <laughs> it was a, but not only did God take me to Seattle for that, but, but, but I hid a lot of my relationship with white people. Exactly, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm honest about it. I'm mm. honest about not growing up with white people. I'm oh, me too. I tell my, people all the my time. relationship coming into the industry, especially yeah. coming into technology. Um, but I think Seattle was necessary because I got an inside view of a community that I'd only been watching from the outside. Mm. And so yep. when you start to watch it from the inside, you start to say, instead of being mad at white privilege, privilege you say, you know what? How can I learn something from this white privilege? Right. How y'all right. moving? Right. Exactly. Let me not be mad. If you can stop being mad long enough, that's about your situation. That's about your relationship, about your job. If you can stop complaining long enough, you can hear God. Now, check this out. With what you just said, Amanda, like about the whole white privilege thing, this is crazy because your boy wrote two books. I got one. I'm finishing up now. And I pushed my book release date back um i was gonna drop it in august but like i said this whole energy and everything i didn't want to fail and that's something this is something i've been working on for a minute and what you just said you know i was told working in hollywood by a, a big executive i don't want to play him but he literally told me you know in hollywood there's only one way and that's the white way mm. and so when he said that instead of me getting mad and like oh okay this motherfucker blah blah, blah i took it upon myself to, to write a book called doing it the white way and it's gonna it's it's gonna open y'all eyes to a lot of things, um, a lot of behind the scenes shit. When y'all hear this whole like Black Hollywood versus Hollywood type shit, like I'm really finna like just share some light on that so people understand. But in but in a good way, I'm gonna say that. Um, but it was crazy you said that because um, I was just you know praying to God the other day like, what day do I need to drop this book? You know what I'm saying? I got a publisher. They already like behind me. They just said, let me know we read it because this is gonna be it's gonna be something major. So like, um, yeah, it's pretty it's crazy you said that because I know a lot of people feel that way. Well, you know the funny thing about it is that uh, I would say things I wish I'd known five years ago uh, or when I was younger, and hopefully anybody who's not doing what they want to do will take heed to this. Is I'm sorry, uh, y'all. I'm eating my cookies. My she's <laughs> He got like little MSR happening over there. They delicious. <laughs> um. Is intuition. Yep. And a lot of you guys think you have intuition and you don't. 
what you have is a wound that's speaking to you. Hmm. And so if you want to know if you, about your intuition, it's going to take a lot of healing and being honest with yourself and becoming self-aware and understanding yourself and then being okay with what you find. Because if you don't, be, the more self-aware you become, the more you can become authentic. And I didn't make this up, but you can't get where you're going unless you're authentic. Authentic people change the world. That sounds like something any leak said. No, <laughs> I said what I said. I said what I said. <laughs> um, um, and if you're not ready to be honest, and if you're not ready to be completely honest, and learn to self-validate and lean into your own intuition, you, you know, again, that requires you to heal first. That requires you to get honest about the places where you have wounds, about your codependency, about your neediness, about your avoiding emotions. All those things are things that have to be taken care of before yep. you can, before God can use you. Yep. And that's what happens in the time of your season of isolation. You may think it's depression, but it's just heavy because you, you get introduced to you. And uh, you haven't, because ain't nobody, nowhere to run. You can't no run way. yourself. Right. You, you really and so can't. in those places of isolation, that's just like God taking David to the to the to the, to the hills. Right. He told David when he was a boy he was going to be king, and then he took him to the hill to be a shepherd boy. And people tend to get frustrated, but you don't know that everything that's happening is is it preparing you for where you're going. Mm-hmm. And the moment I started looking at that and say, okay, what is this preparing me for? What lessons am I taking away from this? Everything else changed. Life became a a, a, a school for me yep. versus yeah. me fighting the world. If you don't get out of survival mode. You cannot succeed. Survival mode will keep you y'all from succeeding. Wait a minute. Let me let me take a, a break on this and just tell y'all Amanda needs to just drop a book full of like just quotes because she be hitting <laughs> you on some actual factuals and I'm sitting up here like you know what I'm saying about to go into praise mode. Like, you taking your notes? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know this is recorded, so I can just go back and go ahead and just, you know take the notes then. But look, Vale got to say something. Yeah, he been, he I'm been, sorry. You know, no, man, I'm, she's so patient. Man, I love the fact that he listen, listens like that. You know, people who listen, you know, they go far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they learn shit. See, sometimes I need to listen. That's my thing. <laughs> I'm gonna take some notes from Vail too, y'all. All right, Vail. So let let the people know what you're working on and your, story, your LA story. Oh man, yeah. Let me start off with the um, with yeah, my LA story. You gotta uh, speak a little louder, bro. Yeah, you I know he you, he, I got, he got that that Barry, the Barry White. So he's <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm a I'm a low talker, but me too. Sometimes I I got to LA. Um, man, it's crazy. I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, I'm thinking about where I'm at now because it's been like a year and a half. And I'm like, man, I remember coming to L.A. with a suitcase and probably knowing maybe four people. Yeah. But really like just one. You know what I mean? It's like, I might know these other people. But I don't really know them like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I can't call them for nothing. I can't yeah. borrow sugar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I don't really know y'all. I knew like one person and it was like my boy. But he was just like, he was out here maybe three years and he was always like, man. Don't come out here if you're not ready. Don't yeah. come out here if you're not ready. Basically saying, nigga, don't come out here asking me for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> so it's just like, scare yeah. But yeah. you know what? I mean, if we had collect I wish we had more of a community economics type of mindset. Because, Straight up. Because let me tell you this, if you have not read this book, How the Jews Bought Hollywood, Shit. you literally have to understand what these people did. Mm. You know, they got jobs working as janitors in the Hollywood system. They came in as janitors and they were escaping the Holocaust. And the whole thing was that they would bring you over from Germany, you could stay here, you get housed, and you get a job working as a janitor. The, uh, what's the name? The only, the only uh, um, requirement is that you had to give 10% of your check to the Jewish Film Fund. 
And all of a sudden, this thing started growing, and they started bringing over, and they started becoming department managers. And then all of a sudden, they're doing gaffing and lighting and cinematography, and then you know they're directing. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? Why don't we, we buy MGM Grand? Shit. And then why don't we buy this? And then they continue to buy studios until you know now. If you're in LA and you're in Hollywood, you know that the Jewish community uh, is really, really responsible for a lot of the media you see, and they are definite gatekeepers. Um, and that's a whole different conversation when we, yeah, when we talk about gatekeepers. Man. But I would just tell you that if you are in LA and you can help somebody, help, help them. them. Right. That's even if, and that's the, that's why I was telling you the young man in Houston we had talked about we started telling mm-hmm. the story he's like I can't move to Houston I can't move to Houston I got this this and that and I'm like bro just go because mm-hmm. you're gonna figure it out when you get here exactly. you're not ready yeah, yeah. I don't care what fault you I did never be ready because to move everybody in L A is fronting and nobody out here calling back home telling motherfuckers that you ate ramen noodles for a week nobody telling the story you feel me you know what I'm saying because out here you you truly do gotta fake it till you make it well you know you know I don't want to work with nobody that's uh that's broke that's struggling they know right 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 I'm struggling cause you'll never work with nobody they be like ooh you got a disease bad bad give me 50 feet you can't you can't you can't do what you don't have what oh okay so you, you, you get into survival mode when you get out here. And I want to just make sure I, I clarify this. What I mean by get out of survival mode and everything I'm telling you is not to be taken in a way where you beat yourself up. Right. You've done that enough. Yep. Right? Your best friend looks back at you in the mirror in the morning. And if you don't get nicer to that person, that person, and you will never have a real relationship. That's going to be reflection. You don't have a money problem. You have a relationship problem. Yeah. <laughs> preach. You got to let her just preach. You got to let her preach. You got to let her go. But um, I love everything she just said, and I'm a co-sign that. Like that's literally speaking to my experience. I feel like that speaks to everybody's experience when they come out here. You know sure what up. I mean? Um, like I said, I came out here with soup. I had probably visited LA two times prior to that in like a three or four year span, and I came out suitcase. I had a couple of dollars, luckily, and I was just like, I gotta get a place. I gotta get a place. I got a week to get a place. I got a week to get a place, and I. Um, I went, looked at some places in like Koreatown, downtown area, and you know, like I said, the one person I knew was like he in the he in the valley, he deep in the valley, he like yeah, I remember he was out that way. Yeah. You you move out, you move you move down here, bro. I ain't never gonna see you. I'm like, damn, I should, I could have just stayed on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. I'm never gonna see you. Yeah, I didn't understand how LA never works. You know what I mean? That traffic and people already, you know what I mean? Uh, um. Adding adding traffic into the the equation when it comes to going to visit somebody. Yeah. So it's like LA is that one city where you could be in the same city with somebody and still be in a long distance relationship. Shit, I feel like, like New York like that too though. New York like that low key. New York is like that low key. Like I'm from Brooklyn. If you live in the Bronx, that's a long distance relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's straight up. That's a long distance relationship. What about they live in Jersey? Yeah. Oh man, forget about it. Forget about it. We seeing each other on the weekend. So, you know what I mean? We got holidays. Plan. We got plan this out. You know what I'm saying? We got holidays, yeah. girl. We got plan this out. But um, yeah, New York is like that too. But you know, the the boroughs are so big. So, so it's like, like his own city. Yeah. Like so town. it's like, yeah. I'm from Brooklyn, and I I, I spent some time in um, Philadelphia. I spent about ten years in Philadelphia. Um, I went to Penn State, and um, you know, I remember coming to Philly. And I was like, ain't this supposed to be like one of the largest cities? This could fit inside of Brooklyn. Yeah. This is small. Shit. And, is know, Philly one of the largest cities? It's like the fourth largest city or no, something like Houston that. Houston is the fourth largest city. Oh, is it? Yeah. I yeah, know yeah, that for a fact. Philly, like <laughs> I thought it was something. I don't know. Yeah. 
It's supposed to be uh, maybe uh, maybe I was not probably not geographic. Why you talking? I'm, like, why you Google it? Yeah, why you talking? I'm so it was supposed to be a large city. It wasn't a large city in, yeah, in, yeah. in any means because I came through with that New York arrogance. Yeah. So it's like everywhere New Yorkers go, it's like you know, it. you know, it's arrogance. So I come to L.A. and I'm like, all right, I gotta find a place. Go to Koreatown downtown. My credit wasn't right at the time. Call my aunt. She like, nigga, you know I ain't co-signing nothing. So I'm like, number oh, six. man. It's number six? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, exactly. It's up there. Top ten. Yeah. So, um, I end up renting a little room in um, in Woodland Hills, which Woodland Hills, that's all right. You know, yeah, yeah. That's all right. You're like ten minutes from Calabasas and all of that. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't L.A. It, it ain't L.A. though. Yeah. But, like she said, like Amanda said, you call back home. Everybody think you in L.A. Yeah. I'm 45 Same minutes shit. out, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be people. What I realized about L.A. is it'd be people in Palmdale talking about I live in L.A. But yeah. back home, you don't know. That's two hours away. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You in the hills. Palmdale. You in the desert. You know what I'm saying? Stan Bakersfield so, down there. Right. Bakersfield down there. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm in L.A. Um, I'm, and I'm going to be honest, man. Uh, my first six months, like, my first, I've stayed here a month. I had so much going on back home. I went back and I ended up staying for six months. So I ain't really hit LA till like April because I, I, I went back home for six months yeah. and I had to go out the country. I was to say, you've been moving trips. around out the country too. Yeah, yeah I was out seeing the it. country yeah. for like oh, damn near a month. So Sidebar, he was that? out the country, he was shooting, so he does photography. Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> little background about me um, <laughs> 10 years of photography. Um, I'm a writer and author. Uh, wrote a couple uh, scripts, um, published a couple children's books, uh, published a, uh, a book of affirmations. Um, it's like a daily aff- daily affirmations um, for all month long. It's called Thirty One Days of Affirmations. You know, keep you aligned and keep you on track with uh, with your goals and the things you're trying to accomplish in life and being one with, with one within yourself and all of that. Boy, it's a modern um, day Rafiki. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah man but i've been around man um yeah dabbling in production so i wasn't i've been in production like the majority of my career where it's like anywhere i could get on set i'm gonna get on set i don't care if i got the pa if i got the gas straight up do whatever but my you know, passion you know how to move directing yeah. you know what i mean so um i've directed at least like eight uh short films and um that was a whole nother thing so that's really what brought me out to la to yeah. just like Really, like, it was more of less like, uh, man, I got I, I could be a, a big fish in a small pond, yep. or I could go swim with the, I could go swim with the big fish. Swim, swim with the sharks. Swim with the sharks. I mean, we just talked it. about that. So that kind of brings me to the conclusion of my Houston story. Yeah. So I told the boy, he was like, well, why would I move to L.A. when I can move to Atlanta and be in the industry, or I could be in the industry right here in Houston? I said, sure, you'll get a PA job. And you'll get, you know, a, a background job, and you can most certainly do it. But if you want to go faster, you got to be where people are really good and challenge you. It's like group fitness versus personal fitness. Yeah. And group fitness, that that little bit of competition, that little bit of seeing your friends doing it, keeps you motivated, keeps you seeing, and keeps you keeps you knowing that if it happens to them, it can happen for me. Yep. Right. And you know, you know, and that that's healthy for you. I tell people, iron sharpens iron. And and I'm telling you, if, if I could talk about grinding, like you talk about grinding comfortably and being comfortable, you're not gonna get comfortable until you get clear. 
Sure. And that clarity only comes with being authentic and learning yourself and healing those wounds. I will not stop saying healing your wounds because unless you get to know you and you love you authentically, you cannot love anything else authentically. Everything True. else is going to be a shell of what it could be. It's going to be false. And you're going to find yourself in the ups and downs. You're going to find yourself on and off and up and down, hot and cold, month to month. And you'll be like, oh, I'm having my seasons. You will have seasons, but you will be consistent in those seasons. Yep. If you're not consistent in the seasons, you're not ready. <laughs> and and uh, I did write something down. So your boy, I told, so I did write this down. I had a few things I wanted to tell y'all before I left. Uh, if you're gonna come out here to LA, you want to work smarter, not harder. Mm. And uh, it took me four or five years to develop this, and I'm hoping to save you guys some time. Learn how to brand yourself early. If you give me a card that got 17 slashes on it, I don't know what the fuck you do. And therefore, I can't tell nobody else what the fuck you do. Yep. And if somebody else asks you <laughs> for something, I don't know who to call. Exactly. So, if, figure out what that thing... Look at T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes is most known for what? Being a pastor. But the man has 15 successful businesses. Yep. Right. Figure out what your calling card is. For me, I, I got into technology and consequently... And, and consequently, I mean, subsequently, <laughs> I got into virtual reality. And I found a, a lane. I will tell you this. I didn't make this up, but put it on a t-shirt. The, niche, the the riches are in the niches. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I agree with that. You learn your niche, you learn your voice, and you own your niche. As you begin to brand, you can go across platforms because when you are proving successful in one dominant niche, people will trust you with another niche. Yep. You can't That's even true. be trusted. You can't even grow in one niche. So focus. Yeah, you can't I'm tell me. I'm going to tell you, focus. Find one thing that you want to be known for. And, and and build your brand around that. Sit on panels, do the shit for free, promote it. Every you will not enter a conversation with me without leaving and knowing what trade. What I do? Let's hmm. preach. I do virtual reality. Everybody knows. Everybody Makes knows. You preach. And and and, <laughs> I, and I'm most known for preaching too. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you know, virtual but I, reality. I mean, no, seriously though. Yeah, she, but no, she's so good at branding. So this is what happens it. when you build your personal brand. You don't chase people. That is a waste of time. You can make a hundred phone calls or you can have people calling you offering projects. Yep. So as you build your personal brand and you that means you land the bait for somebody to come to you. Why you know that's that that and Mark Cuban talks about top down selling. He says it's a waste of time to build an audience. You find somebody else who's already done the work to build an audience and you do business with that person. So if you if you want to think smarter, not harder, you want to think about brand building. You want to think about and, and if you build it, they'll come. Yep. I promise you, that no, shit is yeah. a movie, but watch it. And I watch that movie over and over again just so a little inspiration. Oh, okay, Trey, this is gonna be one preaching moment. I gotta say it. What's up? Your gates. Understand your gates and understand that everything that goes into your body is affecting what comes out of you. Yeah. So she's just saying that right now because I just bust down some turkey necks and some, some <laughs> oh, no, I'm gonna have some. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have some because you know why my taste buds say they taste good. They were. Uh, they, they was hitting. Listen, listen, they taste good. I'm gonna have some. I'm not talking about nah, this I know what thing. Saying, I mean, yeah. like when I first got hit, like I had to stop watching First 48 because it gave me anxiety. Ooh. And I'm in a period of time where I'm fragile. You got to know when you're going to be, when you're coming out here is because you're, you're birthing. You're in the pregnancy phase of, a, of an idea. Mm. That means you got to protect yourself like a pregnant woman. You got to mm. be careful with the diseases you put yourself around and the people who are sick. And I mean that mentally. The people who, who will, you'll tell an idea to and they're going to tell you 15 reasons why that idea don't work. And they can focus and they can stay there. You're going to find people that talk about how hard L.A. is and how tired they are of the struggle here in L.A. And all this kind of stuff. If that's all they have to talk about, you got to be careful with that. Because you're skirting energy. You only get 100% every day. 
Yep. You, yeah. And if I told you that your time was money, you'd be careful how you spent it. Shit. If, 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 every, if, if every word that came out of your mouth was a dollar, if every every minute you spent was a dollar, you'd be very careful how you spent it. Yep, mm-hmm. it's true. You wouldn't waste words That's on right. bullshit and gossip. You wouldn't waste time on people who don't move you forward. Because That's in right. L.A., you don't turn off. You are on all day, 24-7. You ain't even going to a barbecue without networking. It's true. That's right. That's you, right. You had a, right. I remember my first barbecue. I got there. Somebody was like, you got a card? I'm like, bro, we had a bar- I got a swimsuit on. We had a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to put the card. He was like, okay. I, he opened his wallet up and gave me a card. I was like, what? Why does he have a card at a barbecue? You learn quick. You never know who you're going to run into. That's, that's LA for you, man. And um, that's real, though. That's real, man. So it's it's funny we talking about grinding comfortable because, like, comfortable is a, is a that's a topic. I, I I feel like I have a discussion about being comfortable and levels of um of 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 of, of thriving and just working and work ethic yeah. and, and and where we excel, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like I have this conversation constantly. And I always um earlier Amanda was bringing up like people like E. T. and Gary V. and people like that. People I also listen to, but I'm 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 one of those listeners where I listen with a grain of salt, right? So it's just like I'm gonna listen to you for. I'm gonna listen to you because I'm coming for a message. I'm coming to receive something, and you have a message that I'm coming to receive something, right? But I'm also I'm very open, and I'm like, okay, how does this pertain? How does this relate back to my life, and how can I, in turn, use this to put to push what I'm trying to do? You know, not to say that I'm not gonna listen and go, okay, I'm gonna hang on to every word <laughs> this person says because they're the idea of they're my idea of success, et right? Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I so, see. Um, Hustling from, uh, so, like, speaking of comfortable, is just like, it's like this. For me, I had a certain upbringing, right? And because I had this certain upbringing, I believe what works for me is what works for me. And what works for some people is what works for them. And I'm, I'm very comfortable Agreed. understanding, like, what works for me. And I'm somebody who can work, and I don't need to be comfortable. I don't, like, yeah. your, your idea of comfort isn't my idea of comfort. That's I true. Can, I could... I totally can go true. out, bust my ass, and go sleep in my car, yeah. and just if I know in my mind I'm doing this for a reason, and I know what my goal is, and I, yep. it's, it's clear in my mind, and I know what my I know why I'm sacrificing, and I'm, and I'm struggling for. I know I understand. I have a deep understanding of sacrifice, and I, I feel like as long as I, I I stay aligned with why I'm doing what I'm doing. Then it's cool. Like it makes sense for me, and yeah. I and I and I can, I can then justify it. And to be honest, I don't necessarily even have to justify it, cause I'm 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 good. Yeah, like you you like you like you said like you said earlier, where it's like we have certain things that are with that are like designated for us or just that make up our identity, right? And it's just like we know we need these things, it's and true. it's just like these are a part of our identity. Certain things I don't need. You know what I mean? There are certain things I don't need. Well, let me tell you, <clears throat> I do need. Right. And uh, I will tell you, it's very important to, to, to understand your identity. It goes back to self-awareness, goes mm-hmm. back to healing your wounds because you get comfortable. People, I'm gla- I'm a glamper. I'm not going out into the woods and I'm not like pissing in the forest. I'm not doing any of that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> like, man, I used to, I, I'm, I'm from the country. I used to have nightmares about snakes getting to your cuda. I'm not like fucking around like that. You know That's how the country be. <laughs> so, so I will tell you that, that 
know you and and uh when i tell you seek you first your kingdom you are your kingdom mm. and, and and you got to study to show your own self-approval so when you learn how to self-validate you look within for the way that because you already done it on some level you've already done it on a spiritual level but mm -hmm. if you move with your ego you can be constantly looking for people to feed your ego and it's yep. gonna stay hungry yep. because the ego always needs to either feed and it feeds off gossip it feeds off of conditional love and conditional love is when you like meet somebody right and then you y'all start gossiping about somebody else and then that's all y'all have every time you get together you're just talking shit about somebody else and y'all don't really have a real relationship because that's a conditional relationship and one day one of y'all decide to show up and say you know what i don't want to talk about nobody just talk about positive stuff eventually y'all either gonna both move over to positive conversation or that separation is going to happen because y'all don't have an authentic relationship. It's built on conditions. So, like, learning yourself, becoming self-aware and understanding what you need to feel comfortable because I know that, I know in order for me to feel comfortable, I have to have a certain amount in my bank account because that keeps me from being triggered. If I have less than that, I am going to flip into survival mode. If I flip mm. into survival mode, I cannot create from that place. I don't have anything to contribute. I take jobs I shouldn't take. I take less rate than I sh than I'm than I'm deserve. I work for people who treat me like shit. That's survival mode because all you can think about is paying bills. Yeah. But if God already got all of that shit covered, why would you <clears> waste <throat> prayer time praying for something that's already done? That's what I mean by getting out of survival mode. You can't even see where you're going if you're just trying to pay bills. If you're just trying to make money, you have you can't be trusted with a vision that God needs you to execute because that's going to take complete faith. You can't if you're worried about man-made conceptions, you literally can't mm -hmm. go do God's work. Yeah. He can't use you how to code. And I'm not asking you to make the decision. I, was, I say this all the time. You can't be pitiful and powerful at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can't live in both the light or the dark. They tell you this in church all the time. You gotta serve, you gotta decide which God you're gonna, gonna serve. serve. Yeah. You know, I grew up, I mean, I'm 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 like an openly spiritual person, but I grew up in church, so so it all makes sense to me still. And I tell you this, if you don't you have to decide from minute to minute. Don't try to do it for the rest of your life. It's not either or. Some days you're gonna be in the dark. Give yourself permission to be in the dark mm. and yeah. just stay there. And 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 because typically when the dark shows up, it's because it's like a check engine light. You are it's something that your inner child or your inner ego is saying that it needs. And sometimes it just might be a fucking nap. All of those, for yeah. all of those team no sleep people, you may you be take your you may you may be keeping yeah. yourself awake and you fuck around and slip into a depression because you're tired mm. and they'll have nothing to do. With, and you frustrated because you ain't even gave God a room to talk. That's because you're trying to do too much. You won't, You cannot do enough because you didn't do shit to get where you are. And you're not going to do shit to get where you're going. That is predetermined. God, Let God, that sink in, God didn't make anything without purpose. There yeah. is nothing on this earth that exists without purpose. You know, trees down to, the, to ants have a purpose. So how can you be born without one? And it's only... In your resistance of falling into your purpose and your beingness and moving with your ego and not asking for things you really want, that you find yourself in a place we call stuck. Mm. Well, I mean, this is my thing. Like, when you get to them points where you're saying, like, um, you get stuck. And I feel like a lot of that shit happens. Like, in my case, like, I'm a person, like, I, I've suffered from depression, like, bad. And when I get into this whole grinding comfortably thing, it's like, like you said, it's like when you can't pay your bills and you know you don't want to end up back from square one, you start thinking like, damn, how the fuck I'm finna pay my 
phone bill. How I'm finna eat? This that, and the third. And it's like you so uncomfortable in the sense that you get yourself, like you said, you get into these depressions and you sitting up here like, damn, how do I do this? And that's why I was at my them points when I made earlier about me having to go to New York. Because I feel like out here in LA, I was I was seeing other people on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all this shit. And this one back in my younger days. And I'm like, damn, I got to do what they doing. They just moved out to LA. But like you said, a lot of these motherfuckers out here faking. And you don't see it until you get out here. And you be sitting up here like, I ain't trying to put nobody business out. But I got a couple of my homies. Everybody know I'm cool. A lot of people in the dance world and shit like that. And I got two of my homies from Houston. They dance for a pretty known person. That's all I'm going to say. And you would think that they were just doing it. It's five of them that stay in the studio, a real life studio, a small studio. And I'm like, damn, I'm thinking before I moved out here, I'm like, damn, y'all probably doing it. Y'all traveling the world. Y'all with her. Y'all doing all this and that. And when I got out here, I was like, I had to ask one of them, let me crash at the crib one day. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. It's like four of us in there. Huh? It was like four of y'all. I was like, yeah. <coughs> got over there. It was legit like four or five of them staying there. And so I was like, it's, it's that whole point of when you move out here. Not even just L.A. I feel like when you move anywhere differently, like L.A., New York, because everybody goes different places for like a purpose and shit like that. I feel like um, you come out here with this whole preconceived motion, like notion, whatever. I'm finna come up there. I'm finna do this. I'm finna be living like y'all. And then when you get out here, you get uncomfortable because you like you're trying to keep up with what these people doing because you don't really see what they're doing until you go around them and you be like y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all in the same position I'm in. So it's like once you you know you get yourself on the right track. And figuring this shit out like I did. Like I said, I was I was fighting God. I ain't going to lie. I was like, God, I'm not going to New York. I'm telling this man what I'm not doing. You know, I'm getting to this point like, God, mm -mm, I'm staying here in L.A. He was like, Trey, you're not doing it right. You're not doing what I need you to do. And then finally, he did something happen to me that made me have to go to New York. And when I got there, I, I seen what I needed to do. So now that I'm back here, like I'm able to grind comfortably. I'm able to live out my dream. You got to know. Yeah. And, so. And if you need to take a break and go get a job. Take a break and go to get a job. It's still and that was my, to be in this and city. And see, that was my thing. I never wanted to get no job in L.A. I was like, I'm not going to get no job unless I'm working in entertainment. And that's what happened. Like, I'm, I'm happy. Like, my job now, thank God, I get flexibility and all, you know, all this and that. And it, I'm working in entertainment, doing what I love to do. Um, I am still have my dreams, you know, of becoming a host and all. Like, all the shit I'm working on. But I'm not depressed. I'm not working somewhere that I don't want to not work at. And I'm able to pull in a lot of fucking, like, clients and shit working while I'm working. You know what I'm saying? Right. And connections and, like, all this and that. So it's helping me out in my what I'm trying to do outside of. What's no, up? no, no, no. I was oh, yeah, agreeing yeah. with you yeah. that if you're going to get a job, make sure it's, it's a focus because exactly. it's still your time. Right, it's right. still your time. Like, for example, if you you should know what you're getting from that job. Like, for example, if you Straight get up. a job as an as a office manager, you should know that this is going to help me be a better production manager. I'm exactly. Learn how to organize an office, how to create systems that help paperwork flow through. Like, know why you're there, but don't be there long. Like understand, but it's a time to, to get a job. Set a date. You, you set a date and you stick to that date. Yep. You quit when you're supposed to quit and go on because you you only taking a break. You're not quitting. You're just taking a small rest, getting back on your feet. Because I don't have nobody I can call. Me neither. If I slip up, Straight I don't up. have I'm nobody that I can be like, hey, can I borrow two, three hundred dollars? I don't. I literally have to. Shit, they calling me asking me for two, right. three hundred dollars. I'm telling you. But you just gotta you and you gotta be okay with knowing that that's a part of the process too, and knowing that you're gonna get better, you're gonna get wiser, you're gonna meet better people, mm -hmm. and agreed, and and that that everything that glitters ain't gold. Yeah, that's right. And so, Vel, I know, um, you know, you're working on some incredible things right now. 
this dude has some books out, y'all. Like, I really need to, like, check them out. So, you know, feel like telling us a little bit about them and how they sign in with you grinding comfortably out here in L.A.? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, man, um, my grind is, uh, is, uh, is as comfortable as I make it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. This boy got new whips and shit, y'all. Yeah, he, he, I he mean, trying, he trying you know to be what? humble right now. You know what? I just see, got back from Africa and everything. See, and that's the thing, man. And I, I be feeling like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And you know, <coughs> and then people will be like, I'll be in this, like, damn, I'm not working hard enough. And people are like, man, you just did all of this this year, man. You are doing, you inspiring me. I'm like, me? Who? I hear that shit every day, bro. Every day. It's crazy. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh man, I must be doing something right. So I just try to stay as consistent as possible. And I and I do things for me. You know what I mean? LA, you come to LA and I always tell people, if you're not from some type of major city, you from middle America, you ain't never really been nowhere and been outside of your surroundings, LA could be overwhelming. It's a lot. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just come out here, you, like you said, you we are in this realm of um we're in a generation that's Instagram, like microwave era. Hard. And it's like, yo, you thinking it's really something that is not. They take your picture go, next yeah. to the whip on Rodeo. You exactly. thinking it's exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you they got a picture of them in the kitchen, but it's yeah. like nine motherfuckers that stay there. Yeah, they yeah. Like, look, you know, they got they got hashtag house in the hills. That's it. <laughs> yo, that motherfucker staying down the street in fucking Compton. I wanna speak to a, that so much. Renovated like, house. Yo, you go to these but chicks listen, crib. You also have to. I mean, I'm not saying you have to. You you need to be authentic. Uh-huh. But this is what I tell you. If you coming out here, check your side game. Because don't nobody give a fuck. Straight. Woo! Because I'm a nigga already ain't give a fuck. It's, uh, it's like times 20 so, out here. Preach. And that's psychological. That's period. That's science. That people that feel sorry for you can never see you as an equal. Now, if you make me feel bad for you, then what I'm going to like, I'm going to help you. And I'm like, I don't want to be around you. You're a disease. That's literally how people treat you out here. If you come out here and, and, and you got a woe is me attitude, I'm literally going to go in the other direction as fast as possible if you if, if you come out here like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, do you feel, do you think that, because what you see a lot of it is, a lot of it is people come out here and it's almost like, okay, this is a new place. Nobody knows me. So I can become this person. And they well, take on this person. Well, yeah, because you know it's, what it's, I mean? it's Los Angeles, it's Hollywood. It's mm-hmm. it's the it's the thing. It's the hey, thing to everybody do. Everybody think you made it once you got it, here. Once you got here, because they like why you just when I'm telling like from my point of view. Before I moved to LA and Hollywood, I'm thinking you know what I'm saying like I'm really from the streets, like for real, for real, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So I look at a lot of shit when I hear Hollywood. You know, this is term of endearment back on you like you Hollywood you playing now you know what I'm saying like you joking or shit like that and then when motherfuckers get you know they feel like when you move out here it's like why you moving to Hollywood you can only do one or two things in Hollywood people thinking either entertainment or you doing some shit with sports or music or some shit but um I think most of it's like you have to keep up with that whole facade out here you gotta make it and I, I don't I feel it's a difference between moving like you anticipate yourself becoming than it is about being fake. He fucked you up. He sure did. I, didn't, I thought I said, give me a little silk. <laughs> he said, you, you, you want me to get you some ginger ale? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, when I see him pouring, I was like, whoa. He was like, he about to end it. I, I had to stop because I, I heard him still too. pouring. I, I said, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. I'm like, Trey, you know, I ain't do that. <laughs> I was going to get to him. I was just like, sheesh. Man, you fucked up. This is what I'll tell you. It's Oh, yes, oh, right. Oh, put the hot ginger on you. Oh, put the hot ginger on you. You ain't got no more ice? I got some ice. The thing, reason why I don't mind it is because 
uh, creating a persona that helps oh, you. Okay, it's right. <laughs> creating a persona that helps you become your best self. Mm. If that persona is, what does what do I look like at my highest self? And then I'm going to do everything I can to go that direction. Mm. Then no, I'm not going to talk about things that I don't have because I'm going to be calling in things that, that I wish to see, that I mm. have to see, that I want to mm. see. Mm. Beyonce was Sasha Fierce for a long time before she became Sasha Fierce and Beyonce. Mm. You know, I had an alter ego called Ebony Knight. I was Ebony Knight for a long time. There are people I remember now Ebony Knight. Amanda, because they know me as Ebony yeah, Knight. Yeah, I remember Ebony but Knight. Creating, uh, I'm not saying creating a false sense of identity, but creating the identity that you're striving for, I think is totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's but, okay. But, but be like you said, but be authentic. Don't be sitting out here lying. Like I know a motherfucker that really be on Instagram taking pictures with people, saying like, "Oh, chilling with the bro." No, you just met this motherfucker at. But if you do awards. But yeah, if you do doing personal picture. branding, if I'm doing personal branding, right? Say I got a movie coming out yeah. and I'm doing personal branding for this movie. I gotta make this movie like it's the best fucking movie you Agreed. That's a trailer. Agreed. Right? <clears throat> Agreed. Because if I don't make this movie like the best movie you ever seen, you ain't coming to the movie. No, but but it, but but niggas see through bullshit too though. Like if you if you send up if I go take But a how picture, you treat people turn is the difference. That's what I'm because saying. Because the authenticity comes in your relationship building and your ability to be honest about feeling and what you're asking for. Yeah. The thing out here is that people stay in survival mode, so they're not honest. And they end up doing what I like to call sacrificing for other people. Yeah. There is no such thing as a sacrifice. Why? Because you can only assign the meaning to that sacrifice. And that means that if you let me sacrifice for you, then, then well, if I sacrifice for you, you'll never know what I sacrifice right. and, and how to repay that. But I'm going to be more prone to pay attention to somebody that take a picture with Beyonce and say something like, man, got to meet one of the greatest today, appreciate the talk, versus somebody that say, oh, I'm chilling with sis. We know you don't know this motherfucker like that. <laughs> okay. Like, that's that, that's that authenticity right there. It's like, come on, like, just be one. Like, oh, man, look. You know what I'm saying? But you get me though. Like, if somebody, I get you want to hype it up, that's going to make me look. If I see you take a picture with Beyonce and you put on you put on that motherfucker, you say, oh, got to meet one of the greatest say some shit like that. I'm be like, damn, my nigga making moves. Like, she making herself being known to these people. I'm going to say that. But if I see you say, oh, chilling with my sis, knowing certain person that, like, if I put that up, somebody going to laugh. But like, Trey, you dumb. Like, you know but what I'm saying? Cause you know listen, what I'm saying? listen, I will tell you this. You gonna, if, 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 unless you hear those ones before you come here, you're going to do it. I mm. did it. I did uh, it. I did but it like those one. people lose. I mean, I did it. That's I did it. I did it. And that's, I tell you now that, that, like that, that as I have learned to heal myself, I don't have the need for external validation or appreciation of that's myself. That's right. Exactly. So yeah. I don't I don't put my identity is no longer yep. in how people view me. My identity is only if I'm living to my highest purpose. You know, the three of us just some real niggas. Like, we understand yeah, it. That's the that's thing. That's what I mean. It's different. time for me to get We got to get somebody fraud in here. I used to be there, though. I, I was not a. I was. But I don't think. But I don't think you. Wasn't a great, a good person. But I don't think you was out here lying like on no bullshit like that, like stunt from the ground. I wasn't stunting not like that. Not to the extent. Not to the extent. But but my thing is that the extent doesn't matter. It's the it's the mindset behind allowing that kind of mentality okay. to yeah. exist, and <clears throat> that's a scarcity mindset. That mindset comes from not having enough, and not growing up with enough, and not mm. feeling worthy for my parents, yeah. and that mm. kind of stuff. And so when you don't have those things and those wounds haven't been healed, yeah. you continue to stay on that cycle. You can only you can only go as high as the temperature gauge. Like for example, if your house is set on seventy eight, if you get too hot, the cool air the cool air will kick on and bring you back down to seventy eight. If you get too cold, the hot air will kick on and bring you back to seventy eight. Yeah. So when you're dealing with those things, you end up self sabotaging. You end up uh, 
you know, trying to hold on to friends so much that you do shit that, that, that you're afraid to be honest with people. You make a mistake and you can't be honest because now you got this, this idea of perfection for yourself that you will never lead up to. The yeah. moment I started to put my value in the fact that I have to be an extension of God. And the moment I said, and I started saying, I started just real small. I said, I'm not confident in me. I'm confident in the God in me. And I started saying that so that the, that would help me start to heal and be, you know, and I stopped gossiping. And I still do it from time to time because it's a habit that that I grew up watching my mama do and my aunties do. Mm. And, you know, that's just real country hard. folks. Yeah, country folks got, yeah. love to sit on the porch. Love a good gossip. Ain't nothing to do. Ain't nothing that's to do. So, so they just sit up there watch everybody pass by go. And so mm. that's a habit trying to, to not judge people. But as I stopped judging people, that gave me just enough space to learn how to not judge myself. Which yeah. gave me just enough space to learn how to love myself better. Yeah. And this whole thing, the whole entire, if, if I don't take away anything else from this conversation understand this your only job in this universe is to learn to love you better because as you learn to love you better everything else will fall into place seek you first the kingdom the kingdom is you you love that kingdom and you and you understand that kingdom and and as you learn to love that better and you love that unconditionally you will you will allow good things to happen to you you won't be waiting for the rug to get pulled out from under you you won't be waiting for that person to turn their back and this thing to fall through you get a good opportunity and you're excited and you spend you know half the opportunity wondering when the thing's going to fall out from under you when are they going to cancel this job or or when the money going to stop and you and you get stuck in that place that you entirely miss a good opportunity and you miss the experience because you got stuck in something that was irrelevant like if you if you don't learn to heal and love you better your only job in this life is to learn to love and love and love you better without limitations without conditions dope mm. now before we get out of here I need to hear about these books, bro. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> he keep getting off subject. Yeah, we this man got some amazing books right now. Yeah, so the company's called Urban Tunes. You can definitely check us out, urbantunes.com. We do um, ethnic children's books, man. So we started it's off. It's dope for real, though. Like, yeah. I, I never seen Cinderella yeah. look this yeah, pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all should yeah, check out. Yeah, you guys definitely got to check us out. Um, yeah, it's we coloring are books. all over uh, social media, Instagram, Urban Tunes, uh, Facebook, Urban Tunes. Oh, this one's interesting. Vitilago Beauty. Right. Seventh, that's a good one. Yeah, man. We, we, so we started off pretty much remaking classic fairy tales and just using um, biracial or uh, characters of def- different ethnic groups and then taking them and put it, putting them in urban settings or just different settings as far, uh, geographically. Urban so, settings like what? Are you doing like um in the city. So yeah. like uh Philadelphia, um uh, we we got a book based in uh Kenya, uh the Netherlands with a um, biracial Peter Pan. So um we just you know What's take, been? taking it and remix it, then we started doing our own original stories yeah. and um Basically, just taking it around the world too, spreading it out to these different markets. So, what's been like the responses, bro? Like, I, I'm looking at it right now, so I'm like amazed. I think this is like dope. I think we need this, especially the time we living in with this motherfucker in um office. In and office shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an interesting climate we in right now. So this is perfect for us. We just win. Um, we started this three years ago. The publishing company been around. Um, Forbidden Fruit Books. We've been around about seven, eight years, and we started the children's division, Urban Tunes, three years ago. When we do events, people come out and it's amazing. The the reaction 
the reactions we get are amazing. Like parents that come up to us, where were you when we were kids growing <laughs> up? We needed this. Yeah. The representation is key. I'm like, listen, I was a kid. I wasn't around. What are you yeah. talking about? But the idea and the, yeah, the idea, um, the idea behind it was uh was definitely classic. Uh we just we just looked at the market and was like, yo, there's we not represented. So I'm 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 moving more into a space of solutions rather than talking about the problem. So this is kind of like my solution. I don't have kids myself, but I have nieces, right? So I wanted to create something I could read to my nieces, I could give to my nieces, and I could be proud of. Because yeah. society is tell not telling them anything um, pleasant about themselves. Society is not teaching them to love themselves. Society is not promoting the, that their, their natural futures and attributes are beautiful. You know what I mean? So this was a way I could really give back to me, myself, and to my own, as well as um, fill a void. You know what I mean? So I wanted to create some type of solution and just give back. Um, and it's been a beautiful, it's been a beautiful three years. Um, I took these books back home. I'm from Haiti. I took these books to Haiti. I took the, uh, to an orphanage. My friend, she took some to an orphanage in Haiti. We took some to, um, Puerto Rico, uh, Cuba. The Afro-Latinos um, on deck. Uh, yeah, yeah. For my Afro-Latinos. Um, uh, I took them to Europe earlier this year. Uh, uh, London, Paris, Rome. And then more, more recently, we just launched our division, our African division, over in South Africa in Johannesburg. So now moves. we got the books moving over there in South Africa. That's why this boy out here grinding comfortably. He's seen all these moves he's making. Ah. Everybody, everybody ain't able to move around like that. Nah, this is dope. Nah, guy. man. You know, I'm true to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like, it's it's just like I'm a simple dude. I'm one of those people where it's like, I, like I said, I, I understand sacrifice. I, I grew up a certain way. And I, it don't matter if I got a black card in my wallet, I'm going to have an EBT card. Sure, you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Like, no, I gonna, just, well, wait I a just come from that. Wait a minute, you're going to go to jail, bro. Yeah, you listen, can't listen, have an EBT card and a black card in the same wallet. Who, who listening to this right now? Man, I don't know. That, I'm trying to help you out. You know we up to 11K by the head. Yeah, yeah y'all got to go subscribe, man. Yeah. Y'all got to subscribe, man. That's knowledge ain't free. And, up. and and um, Trey out here and Amanda out here just giving these jewels. Y'all gotta subscribe and support this black no, man. Seriously, seriously, real, I, pre man. I appreciate you for that plug, man. And so um, I know Amanda want to let us know a little bit about VR before we get off here. Uh yeah, I mean I work in virtual reality, uh, mixed reality. I have a new project coming out called POV. Um, working with Alton Glass. And uh, we're also working, trying to prepare this HBCU tour. Hey, mm, go, go teach uh, to our people. Um, I'll tell you this, never in our lifetime have we as a conscious society of black people uh, been at the beginning of an industrial revolution. Mm. And we've missed out on everyone, uh, from steel to uh, technology to social media to streaming networks. And what happens is that when you don't, when you're not there on the ground floor, then you don't become a part of the fabric. When you don't become a part of the fabric, then you don't become a gatekeeper. <laughs> and when it's exciting to see young brothers and sisters and people like Will Packard and Ava DuVernay. Who I just met. <clears throat> and nice. it's really exciting to see them do and take uh, black media in a real direction. But at the same time, I can't help but notice that, there, that stu major studios like Lionsgate and Warner Brothers are still in control of the distribution channel. And Netflix is still in control of the distribution channel, which means that um, you know they can still shape the way of the media is is, pre is presented, and what they decide is considered good black culture is not. 
So as we uh, are watching this new emerging media technology, uh, virtual reality start, is starting to be born, we have an opportunity to get ahead of that and to establish ourselves as gatekeepers in this industry. And, um, you know, I, I struggle with trying to get, especially our people, involved in something when the money is not exactly there yet. You can make money. You have to hustle um, or walk. Walk, walk briskly. Mm -hmm. Walk briskly. <laughs> uh, um, you need to. You need to under. You learn a lot about you know building a business and entrepreneurship because that's where we are right now. Is is the entrepreneurship side of technology. And if you are smart enough right now to get involved, uh, uh, that's a new way. When I first got into VR, I was looking for a backdoor into Hollywood. I was looking for something. To, I wanted a platform where I could still tell my stories and be seen. And I knew that there were enough. There was enough interest in the medium where I could be seen without having to compete as hard. I could focus my energy on building, on honing a different craft. And so uh, I took advantage of that, and I spent the last uh, four years really, you know, seeing myself excel and go to the top of this industry, and being able to take meetings with people that I would never be in a room with if I was a traditional professional. Mm. So when I say uh, I am looking forward to seeing you guys take advantage and looking up virtual reality looking up uh and once you get into virtual reality drop their, start, drop their website oh uh my website you can follow me on instagram it's at produced by shelby and or you can look me up online it's www.produceedbyshelby.com and uh see what i'm up to this uh week i'll be speaking at vr on the lot so if you're on paramount lot and uh you want to come by and check it out come check it out um and um you know, kind of check me out, see what we got coming up. Um, it's easier to get to me on social media. So if you are interested in technology, in this industry, uh, definitely hit me up. Vale, I need you to drop your handles real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you can find me uh, on uh, Instagram, at Vel Images, or Twitter, Vel Images HD. Um, also, uh, you know, uh, my website is www.velimages.com. That's V-E-L. I am a G E S dot com. So yeah, um I have a new project about to drop uh in like two weeks called My Daddy Does My Hair. Um it's about That's a dope. single dad and uh it's it's a, it's a millennial, millennial story of a single dad who has to get his two whose twin daughters hair together for their first day of school. So, you know what I mean? He does what like any that. other millennial would do. He goes on YouTube. Yeah. You know what I mean? Looks up the latest blogger and uh, how do I do my daughter's hair? Don't give it all away, you though. I got to go cop there so y'all can see how this story yeah, plays out. Yeah, see how it plays out. Um, yeah, so we doing a lot, man. We doing a lot. A lot to come this upcoming year of 2019. Well, check this out. I appreciate y'all, too, for pulling up, coming through. I figured, you know what I'm saying, when I heard what the topic was going to be, I said, right, I know the two that's going to be able to... Killette is going to get up here and talk some shit with me. Let me say thank you, though, to everybody that's been tuning in. Like, my hits have been, like, crazy. Um, shout out to Apple. Like, thank y'all for giving me this platform. I, I like to check, too. But <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But to that check coming more and more, I need you guys to start subscribing. Um, I'm getting all kind of hits, y'all. Like, I'm literally, like, I'm, I was super shocked that I was at 3,000 hits the first episode. I was like, damn, people fuck with me like that? 
And then um, after that shit, the second episode drops it like 11K. And I mean, I'm like, damn. Train man, friend, like, you don't know everybody. Train nah, know everybody. I know a few man. people, man. I know a few people. But now nah, I really appreciate, you know what I'm saying, Apple helping me plug it and push it out. And everybody that's been reposting it. Shout out to Janice. Shout out to my people back home. Be love them. You know, I, like, I love all y'all. Thank y'all so much. But everybody that's listening, I need to take y'all asses to that. I, what is it? The playlist and your fucking iPhones? Because it's, it's only exclusive for iPhones. Um, and just hit subscribe and give me five stars. Um, the more you guys subscribe, the more y'all give me these five stars, the more I can keep talking shit and bringing on these incredible people so y'all can listen to us every week. All right, check this out. Do that for me. And I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the Red Cup Culture Podcast. All right, see y'all next week.